This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Hey everybody, Tim McMaster here with our MLB.com Mets reporter, Anthony DeComo. We are in Houston for the World Series, but we are talking New York Mets baseball, a team that hopes to maybe get back to a World Series in the next couple of years, and they're going to do it if they do with a new manager, because Mickey Calloway has been named the new skipper of this team. Just talk about the decision and, and why he was the guy. Yeah, so, you know, the Mets were looking for a couple of things in their new manager, and I think... Uh, you know, one of the things that Sandy Alderson stressed at Mickey Calloway's press conference was that he was looking for a communicator. He was looking for someone who can communicate well both inside that room with the 25 guys and also with the media, which is a huge, huge important part of the job in New York, as we know. Uh, so Mickey Calloway comes aboard and wowed them so much with his first interview uh, that they essentially didn't do callbacks. They didn't go for a second round of interviews with, with Calloway and some of the other names that they were considering. And uh, I think it speaks to his presence, which uh, those of us who, who watched the press conference, I was in Los Angeles for the World Series, so I wasn't able to attend, but people who were there, you know, he, he commanded the room. Uh, you know, he really has a, a charisma about him that I think showed off, and that was what the Mets loved, and that was a big reason why they hired him. Um, you know, one of the other things that Sandy Alderson said, and this is a little more specific, but I thought it was interesting, is that you know, this is a pitching guy, and you don't see a lot of former pitchers, a lot of former pitching coaches in the managerial ranks. Typically, they go to catchers or other position players, guys who play every day and know that side of things. Um, I think it speaks to where the Mets are at as an organization. Uh, this is still a team that thinks its window to compete is open, and the reason why they think their window to compete is open is because they still have those pitchers. They still have Noah Syndergaard and Jacob deGrom and Matt Harvey, and they're built around that strength. And they want Mickey Calloway to kind of unlock some of that, some of what they lost last year when these guys were hurt and ineffective, underperforming, and, uh, you know, they think certainly his expertise, what he was able to do with Corey Kluber and some of the other guys in, in Cleveland the past few years, really makes him as well qualified as anyone in the game to unlock potentially uh, some of what the Mets have been lacking in that area the past couple of years. So he was, in Sandy Alderson's estimation, a slam dunk candidate. And uh, we'll see. You know, it is not a Mets team that is without problems. They still have a lot they need to fix, a lot they need to address this offseason. But they did get the first thing out of the way, which was hiring a manager. You mentioned Corey Kluber, a great point. Um, and then another guy that sticks out to me as far as when you look at that Indians team and a guy that came a long way as that team made its run the last couple of years, Trevor Bauer, who had had so many issues and different stops to control and stuff. He seemed to really kind of figure it out. And he, I would think we have to give Callaway credit for that. Yeah, Trevor Bauer. Bauer, uh, you can look at Ubaldo Jimenez, uh, you know, sort of a head-scratching pitcher. But when he was with Cleveland, he actually had some of his best performances. So uh, you can go down the list. Um, Josh Tomlin is another one. There are a lot of guys who kind of 
broke out under Callaway or reached their peaks under Callaway. And the Mets are hoping that, that they can do the same, that he can work with Matt Harvey and figure out what's wrong there, that he can work with Steven Matz and maybe unlock something in his delivery to keep him healthy. And certainly some of the younger guys and Seth Lugo and Robert Gesellman, uh, there's still a lot of talent here in New York. And if he can do even a fraction uh, with the Mets of what he did with the Indians, I think they will be pleased with the results. Is there a Terry Francona factor here, too? You talk about managers and managerial trees, and he hasn't really had one of those, but Mickey Calloway would be a guy that you would, if successful, you would kind of think back to, okay, he learned under Tito. Yeah, absolutely, and I think, you know, to a larger point, you look at the other finalists, guys who came in for the job, um, almost every one of them, Manny Acta, Joe McEwing, all of these guys, they had Mets ties. They were tied in some way to the Mets organization, either as former players, as former coaches. Uh, Mickey Calloway was the one guy who really didn't, and I think it speaks to, uh, while that wasn't a prerequisite for what the Mets wanted in a manager, uh, I don't think it's a bad thing for this team to have kind of a clean break. And, you know, I, I know we're going to talk about it in a second here, but some of the coaching changes that are to come, uh, we might have basically an entirely new coaching staff in the Mets next season, obviously a new manager. And it, it is, you know, you you move on from Terry Collins, you move on from that seven-year era, uh, you still have a lot of the same personnel on the field, but I, you do get the sense that uh, it's not a bad thing to kind of have a clean break and move into this new era with uh, a guy who you know, has a different point of view, a different voice, maybe something that these pitchers and that these players are not used to hearing. All right, let's move on to those other positions a little bit. And obviously when a pitching coach becomes a manager, he has to hire a pitching coach, and I would think he will have a lot of say in that. And it's going to be have to be somebody that has similar beliefs and similar philosophies as far as how to handle that pitching staff. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think it's going to be a really telling hire. Um, and I, I can't tell you who it's going to be, uh, but you look back at Terry Collins' tenure and he wasn't given a ton of latitude over seven years to bring in his own coaches. Now, they hire Mickey Calloway, they hire this pitching guy uh, who has been a pitching coach for the past few years. Um, you know, Will they let him kind of choose his guy? Will they let him go out in a winter, by the way, where there are a ton of pitching coach openings? There's a lot of guys, well-respected guys around the game who recently have lost their jobs and are looking for new work. Uh, will they let Mickey Calloway kind of unilaterally decide who his pitching coach will be? Uh, or will it be the front office saying, no, this is one of our guys. Maybe they want to promote someone from within the organization. Um, you know, it's it's going to be interesting. I think in reality it'll be a, collabora a collaboration. Um, but you know, if they want to kind of go all in with this vision that they're talking about with Mickey Calloway and, and having him uh, turn the page on this pitching staff and, and you know, kind of move into the next era, uh, it, w it would behoove them, I think, to let him kind of pick his own guy and move in that direction. It's going to be interesting, like I said, what they ultimately do. And then on the other side of things, any thoughts as far as a hitting coach? Obviously, you let go Kevin Long, who, I mean, did a tremendous job there. Maybe to run his course, he, he's going to end up finding work somewhere else. But So what do you do there? Do you go in a different philosophy, a different direction from what Kevin Long taught? Well, it's a, it's a, it's a very interesting question because they could still retain Kevin Long. He's not under contract for next year. Um, neither is assistant hitting coach 
uh, Pat Rossler. Uh, but Kevin Long certainly sounded like a man who wasn't thrilled with the fact that he didn't get the manager job. He wanted that. He's already gone, and he's going to interview in Washington. I, I'd be surprised if he doesn't eventually interview with the Yankees job that just opened up. And uh, even if he doesn't get one of those managerial jobs, it wouldn't surprise me one bit to see him go and move on and take a hitting job elsewhere, maybe even a bench coach job elsewhere, as he looks to pursue his goal of being a manager. So what do the Mets do? It could be as simple as promoting Rossler. Uh, but then again, Rossler and Kevin Long have kind of been a package deal since their days with the Yankees. And if Long goes, maybe Rossler goes too. In which case, you probably at that point have to look outside the organization. And uh, that might be a job where the front office gets a little more sway than Mickey Calloway, only because unlike pitching coach, Mickey Calloway is not a hitting guy. He's, he's been this pitching guy. Um, so maybe he defers to the front office on that one. Uh, you know, bench coach is probably going to be open. There's a chance bullpen coach is open. There's a chance first base coach is open. So we could be looking at six new coaches. So really only Glenn Sherlock, the third base coach, is, is guaranteed under contract to return. Uh, like I said earlier, it could be a very clean break for this Mets team in terms of the on-field staff, and it will be interesting uh, as we get a little deeper into the winter here to see what direction they go. One more thing to talk to you about, and it's uh, you know, it's something we always seem to go back to at some point, and that is David Wright having surgery and trying to work his way back. Um, it's been a little bit since he had the surgery. But what's the latest on David and the chances that he plays baseball for this team in 2018? Yeah, I mean, in a day-to-day -day picture, the latest is kind of the same as it's been for the past two years. He's rehabbing. He's resting, he's, he's doing physical therapy, he's doing all the things that he needs to do both to recover from the surgery and ultimately to try and get back on the field. Um, you know, we're way past the point where he and the Mets are looking at timetables of when this might happen. I mean, you can talk about, hey, you know, you hope he's ready for spring training or hey, you hope he's ready for the regular season, you hope he's ready for May 1st, whatever it may be. I, honestly, at this point, you throw all of that out the window. Um, anything David Wright gives the Mets at this point after back surgery, after neck surgery, uh, still dealing with spinal stenosis and all of these things that have broken down on him in the past three to four years, anything you get from him is a bonus. Uh, they're entering this offseason looking at it exactly that way. Um, they need to find some coverage at, at third base or at least at second base because you still have this Dribble Cabrera uh, in the fold this winter. Um, and... Ultimately, if David Wright makes it back and becomes that feel-good story and, and becomes a factor for you on the field, that's absolutely great. Uh, but it's not something the Mets are counting on right now. I think everyone in the organization is rooting for him very, very hard. Uh, he is still the captain. He is still a very well-liked guy and, and always will be. Um, but as far as where he is following surgery, what he can do to get back, when he can ultimately make it back, the truth is no one really knows. I don't think David Wright really has a great idea of that right now. So we're just going to have to wait and see. And, and from a Mets perspective, you hope he shows up to spring training healthy and, and ready to go. But if he doesn't, uh, they'll be covered across the board. Obviously, you're covering the Mets, but you're also covering the World Series right now. So Mets fans that love reading Anthony DiComo's work, where can they find you as far as I know MLB.com? But what sort of stories are you working on as far as the World Series goes? Yeah, we've been doing some a lot of Astros coverage out here, um, both in L.A. and in Houston. And, you know, it's it's funny because on both sides of this World Series, you've got a lot of interesting names for Mets fans. You've got, obviously, Justin Turner, who's been such a force for the Dodgers. Um, Curtis Granderson was kind of a story early, earlier this week not making the Dodgers play up, or World Series roster Excuse me, after um, being traded there during the season. And then on, on the Astros side, you've got Carlos Beltran trying to get that ring. Um, 
and you know the one that no one's really talking about that I think is the most fascinating at all is hitting coach Dave Hudgens, whom the Mets fired in season a few years ago, uh, is now leading the way here with an Astros team that uh, led the league in runs scored, led the league in batting average, fewest strikeouts in baseball. He's really done an amazing job with a lot of talent here, obviously, but he's done a great job with it. Um, so there are a lot of Mets ties, a lot of players that I think Mets fans would love to have back, and that's always a sore subject when uh, you know Justin Turner goes yard in the World Series or or things of that nature. But um, yeah, it's it's an interesting World Series, and I think certainly uh, Mets fans, from what I've seen, are a little split on who they want to win. That'll do it for this Mets edition of MLB.com Extras. For Anthony DeComo, I'm Tim McMaster. Tune in again next time. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or... I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.